Hi, and welcome back to the StoryQ podcast. Thank you very much for clicking on. I'm Frank Erickson. Well, after a brief hiatus to regroup and reevaluate, the StoryQ podcast is back on a twice monthly basis. We'll be publishing new content on the first and third Fridays of each month. Now, the best way to get the StoryQ podcast is to subscribe to StoryQ magazine at storyq.com or by subscribing to the StoryQ podcast in iTunes. To do that, just click on the podcast section of iTunes, do a search for StoryQ, that's S T O R Y. Q-U-E. And when the logo comes up, just click on the subscribe button and you're all done. Then each time a new podcast is published with new content, it will automatically be downloaded to your podcast listening device and you'll never miss an episode. So check that out. Take advantage of it. That said, how are you? How is your barbecue season going? Are you grilling and smoking up a storm? Are you going through rubs, sauces, and accessories faster and faster than ever? Well, then you're going to love today's podcast, which features Josh Carey of Yoder Smokers and All Things Barbecue, one of the biggest online barbecue stores on the planet. If you need it, All Things Barbecue has it. And on top of that, they offer barbecue cooking classes taught by some of the most skilled, respected, and top competition chefs in America and Canada. So what do you say we get right into it? Here is this week's guest on the StoryQ podcast from All Things Barbecue and Yoder Smokers. This is Josh Carey. Josh, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much for taking time out of what I know for you is a busy day with everything going on between all things barbecue and Yoder smokers and everything else that you do at your place. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It is my pleasure. Let's, uh, you know, we're about halfway through the barbecue season, so to speak, uh, where people are actively grilling in their backyards, barbecuing in their backyards. Barbecue competition season is in full swing, obviously. What's, uh, what's been happening at your place? Oh man, we have been uh, we've been incredibly busy. This is this is of course we start to slow down right after the Fourth of July, and that gives us some time to plan for upcoming Labor Day, the upcoming holidays. You know, we're we start planning for Christmas back in, you know, well right after Christmas ends. <laughs> it's usually a year long process, but we've been very busy expanding, expanding our offerings. We've got uh, new cooking classes coming up, and we've got uh, we've got a bunch of stuff on the docket for really September is a very very busy month for us. Why September as opposed to the beginning of the season, like May or June or April? Oh, those months certainly are uh, busy for us. But one of the things about those months is that we're so busy on the floor, uh, so busy packing boxes, sending out orders for people. Mm -hmm. September becomes a really, really great time to host events, host classes. It starts to cool off finally. We have a large outdoor patio where we host classes connected to our teaching kitchen that allows us to get outside, get around the cooker, and it's not 105, 6, 7 degrees out um, like it has been these last few weeks. So we've been, uh, we're really happy to do events in September. We've got it filled up with uh, wine tastings, um, which is not something that most barbecue companies are probably hosting, but we happen to love wine, and so it's something that we do. We do beer tastings. We've got cooking classes coming up. Um, Andy Groneman, who I know has been on the podcast before. Yes. We have him down every month to do his classes. And then also we're bringing in Brian Misko from House of Q up in uh, Vancouver, Canada. I say Vancouver. I know it's actually Langley, British Columbia, but Vancouver is the easy easy one for most people. He's the current uh, World Food Championships rib champion. He's coming down the end of September to do three classes with us and as well do a book signing for his new book. 
Wow. I want to talk more about your classes and everything included in that. Um, meanwhile, tell us a little bit about how All Things Barbecue came about. Well, that's a... Uh that's kind of an interesting story. We started manufacturing Yoder smokers back in 2007 as a family. Mm-hmm. We've been in manufacturing for years, uh, started building cookers out of a love for barbecue ourselves. And in 2009, my mom <laughs> had an idea that we should start a small barbecue store. Now, if anybody's been in our store, you know that it is not a small barbecue store any longer. Uh, they were open four days a week and uh, only had family as employees. Um, launched that in about 900 square feet. And in the next couple weeks, we will take occupancy of the rest of our retail space. Um, and we'll be in about 12,000 square feet of retail space here coming up toward the end of the summer. So um, it's it's been a huge change, incredible growth over the last six years. It's been, uh, it's, it's been a really, really fun job and a fun place to work. How much of your business is in and out the front door as opposed to online? nearly a 50-50 split. Yeah, so we do 55% of revenue is through our retail store, 45% is online. Wow. Yeah, that, and that's that, growing. That's a number that, you know, last year online revenue was 25%. So if, as we've grown, um, we've really started to get customers outside of our metro area. We ship all over the U.S. every single day now. You know, from going from, as you said, 900 square feet to a huge, huge store with a custom kitchen and and everything else that you guys use for your classes. Were you successful right out of the gate, or did it take a little while for the word to get out about what you were doing? There's no doubt that it took some time. That first year in 2009, um, we actually just had our, our first anniversary of our first sale was five days ago on July 31st. So that's our sixth anniversary of our first sale. Mm-hmm. And that first year... Um, we, we did less money in that first year total um, than we do in, in a week now. I mean, it was definitely oh, wow. a slow a slow winter. Um, the holidays kind of saved that first year. Had some people coming in and out for uh, for gifts for, for the, the griller in their life. And we launched kind of late in the year, right? Launching end of July into August. Um, th- that early grill buying season of, of April and May is kind of done. And we were we were kind of hoping that the word of mouth would catch on, and, and it did. It did quite well, but it, uh, it really took a couple of years to have the project start to pay for itself. How did you build a business? Was it mostly word of mouth? Were you competing as all things barbecue, a combination of the two? Yeah, we, we build by building community. Um, that's one of the things that we knew. We knew very little about competition barbecue. Um, as a family, you know, the one of the designers up at Yoder, um, the VP of design, um, Joe Phillips, he had competed quite a bit back in the 90s as part of the original Oklahoma Joe's team um, mm-hmm. where he had worked when he was a teenager and in his early 20s. And that was a, that was a bit of an introduction to um, to barbecue. But what we did is, is we really there were a couple of events back six years ago in the Wichita area that were competition events that we would go to shake some hands, get to know some people, get to know the influencers. You know, if you work somewhere and somebody does competition barbecue, they're the guy to go to to ask about, you know, not only what sauce should I buy, but where should I buy it? Mm -hmm. Um, And we were really lucky that quite a few of the competition teams from around this area um, found our store pretty quickly and started to tell people about it. And that word of mouth was the biggest part of it for us. Um, But we did some very basic advertising as well, just to try and 
let people know that they could buy a buy a grill somewhere that wasn't a, a Lowe's or a Home Depot or a big box store. Sure, somebody that actually knew what a, what went into a great grill or smoker and could actually, you know, not just hand them a box and say thanks, but provide them customer service and aftermarket support. Absolutely. Yeah, what a great. So a little bit about uh, Yoder Smokers, which which started first, as you said. Um, how did that idea come about? That's a bit of a roundabout story. That so Joe Phillips, who works for us, Joe worked for the original Oklahoma Joes down in Oklahoma and still in the Stillwater area back in the 90s. And when that company folded, um, I, I believe I have this right, um, Brinkman came in, bought the company, and moved the manufacturing to Mississippi. He wasn't interested in moving uh, to Mississippi, so they moved to this area. Um, his wife's fam- family was up here, and he started working for us in another uh, capacity. We, we build horizontal directional drilling equipment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess maybe one listener will know what that is. <laughs> it's not me. I can tell you that. It, uh, it makes this possible. So we put uh, communications infrastructure, um, oil pipeline, all sorts of things in the ground. We build equipment that makes that possible. So we've been in manufacturing for many years, and he brought the idea to us and said, hey, we should build smokers. Mm-hmm. We love to barbecue. We love to cook out as a family. And we thought, well, that sounds fun as a hobby. And we built a few smokers that first year. Um, in seven months, we probably built 50. Um, a very big change, maybe not 300 a week, 300 every couple of weeks at this point. So, That's still a lot of steel going out the door. It's an incredible amount. I mean, we're loading up containers for Australia. Um, we have Prague, uh, Czech Republic has a distributor. Um, we've got a big distributor up in Canada. So we've got, um, we've got big international audience for the cookers. And that's been, that's been a, a kind of a wild thing to see American barbecue taking off in these other countries where, I mean, <laughs> Lord, as sacrilegious as, as it is, they, uh, mm-hmm. they boil the point meat from a brisket for boiled beef in, uh, in England. And so hopefully with uh, some smokers on their shores, they'll be able to turn that into something a little more palatable. Well, that's why England isn't known as the food capital of the universe. Uh, they're known as the anti-food <laughs> capital of the universe. Good beer if you like it warm, but other than that, I don't know. Um, it's That's interesting right. that you mentioned Australia because one of our first podcasts here on the Story Cube podcast was with a a, uh, a barbecue competitor, and uh, I, I believe he actually had a little barbecue business and everything going on the side, who was from Australia, uh, in the area of Perth, I believe, and he mm-hmm. talked about what was available down there as far as equipment and how most of them cooked on this flat steel plate, which is almost like a griddle. Right, if you will, and how uh, and how much the business was starting to grow, based on barbecue competitions and and the world of barbecue and barbecue smokers making their way down from the United States to Australia. Yeah, we're very very happy to be a part of that. Yeah, that could. I mean, that's a huge country, so obviously a huge market, and the more more places you can get to, all the better. Um, speaking of Yoder smokers, I know you guys make competition smokers because I've had my eye on one, two, or three of them for the last year or so, but you also make them for backyard cooks as well. Tell us a little bit about that. We do. We build, uh, we build models both in pellet or wood pits for the backyard, and the wood pits, the Cheyenne, the Wichita, and even the Kingman 24-inch, those are traditional offsets. When someone thinks of an offset pit, that is... Uh, that's the kind of cooker that's in their mind. Um, that's the, you know, Oklahoma Joe's, us, uh, Horizon. I mean, quite a few companies are still building pits in that vein. 
Um, all of us do something a little different. All of us tweak them, and and uh, and our designs are slightly different. But they all operate essentially the same. You know, wood wood box, uh, firebox on one side, stack on the other, mm-hmm. uh, traditional pit. And those are those are big sellers for us. For people who think I want I want a wood pit in the backyard, those pits start in the nine hundred dollar range and work their way up to about twenty six, twenty seven hundred. Um, and and then we have the pellet pits, which for us are the absolute most popular pits. We did not think that would be the case. We started, we released the pellets in 2011, mm-hmm. and we didn't really know how big the pellet was going to be. The YS640, which is very much targeted at the backyard user, is our best-selling pit, hands down, um, not only in our retail store, but for Yoder uh, company-wide. It's, it's been a massive move. Uh, pellets have grown they're they're so popular these days and those two pits the ys480 and the ys640 have have just had a huge boon just from the popularity of pellets in general you know i started out with a pellet cooker myself because i went to one of my first barbecue contests was which was just something held locally it wasn't kcbs sanctioned or anything like that and uh, i met this guy we start talking and um he invites me to taste some of his food and i go man this is just fantastic what are you cooking on and he tells me this and it's a, it happens to be a pellet cooker so of course I've got to have one and because I want to get into barbecue but I'm thinking you know I don't know enough about building a fire maintaining a fire and I don't want to stay up all night especially if it's in October or November or December sitting next to a fire or running outside back and forth to add wood or to check temperatures and I ended up with a pellet cooker which I absolutely loved and had it for my first three or four years in barbecue and then I found that you know as as good as it was for some reason I just wanted a stick burner and I ended up buying a Weber Smoky Mountain cooker I sold my pellet cooker and uh, I you know it's uh, the convenience of a pellet cooker I don't think can be overstated um, it's so much easier to go out on, let's say it's Christmas morning and you're in a cold weather state and uh, you want to cook a, a turkey or a prime rib for Christmas, you can go out and flip that switch and that thing fires up and you're not out there chopping wood and you know, getting the chimney going and feeding and then and standing out there in the snow or rain, whatever it is. So I can certainly understand the popularity. I'm just surprised at the popularity. Are you? Of pellet cookers? A little bit, and one of the things that really sets the Yoder apart from other pellet cookers, and, and we came at it with a very different viewpoint. We are the only company, the only company that builds a traditional offset pit and builds a pellet cooker. Mm-hmm. So we came at it with the idea that we wanted to emulate as much as possible the color, flavor, and texture of food cooked on a wood pit, which meant we had to do something other than the traditional Traeger design. So we offset the pellet pot. And we, uh, we have a much larger pellet pot. You look at a pellet pot in a, in a Yoder, it's four times the size. It burns a very large fire. Mm-hmm. About half the cavity is a fire. And that gives you, um, burning the pellets at a lower BTU gives you better smoke solids, better smoke flavor, and uh, at, at, at even higher temperatures. So you're still smoking at 250, 275, even 300 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things that, that has made, I, I believe, the Yoder so popular. It's very, very popular in competition circles with our competition carts and our YS1500, the much larger of the, of the three pits. And, and I think the big reason is because we did almost two full years of R&D and trying to make it emulate that, that wood pit flavor with the convenience of set it and forget it and walk away. I'm really amazed by the popularity of pellet cookers. And some of the first pellet cookers that I came in contact with, I owned one. 
uh, which was a Traeger. It's a great grill, great cooker. But for me, and this is just my personal taste, and you know, nothing wrong with Traeger at all, I wasn't getting the smoke flavor that I really liked and really craved on ribs, pork butt, brisket. On, on, on seafood like salmon or chicken, it was wonderful. But I wasn't getting that real hit of smoke. And, and how did the Yoders, how did, how did you guys develop the ability to create that kind of flavor in a pellet cooker that someone can get from an offset smoker? Well, that is one of the things that sets us apart. We, uh, we're the only company out there that's building a pellet smoker that also builds offset pits. And so we have, uh, you know, the airflow and the understanding of how the, the wood fire burns. And so we really approach the R&D of these pits with the idea that we wanted to emulate as much of the smoke, or <laughs> excuse me, the color, flavor, and texture of an offset pit. And in doing that, we looked at Traeger's original design and thought, nothing wrong there, great wood-fired oven, small center mount burn pot isn't going to give you a ton of smoke flavor because you're burning these pellets at, at a really high BTU and you're removing smoke solids to get that pit up to even 225. So we thought, okay, we're going to offset it. We're going to emulate the smoke flow of an offset pit. And then we're going to have a very, very large pellet burn pot that's going to emulate a big fire burning at lower BTUs that's giving you more smoke solids. And by doing that in a couple of years of R&D, we built our controller in-house. Um, we really took the time to develop a machine that is as close to an offset pit as any pellet has come. And we're constantly working on tweaking that, making it better. And we've always got, you know, an iron in the fire around here trying to figure out how to make it, uh, how to make it exactly what everybody wants, which is a little difficult. You, sure. you have people who want far more smoke flavor. You have people who love, you know, a Traeger or a GMG or any of the other center mount pots. They really love the smoke it puts out, which is super, super mild. Um, and we like to ride the line in between, and, and that seems to be very, very popular. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've had great food everywhere, and I think a lot of it comes down to you have to have a quality cooker. But I think the skill of the cook or the barbecue chef, if you will, has a lot to do with it. And, and it's, it's the quality of the meat, because I've bought meat at the local supermarket that didn't turn out so great and bought it someplace else, and it was just it was a big difference. And then, of course, there's rubs and sauces and all the other different tricks that one can apply to uh, creating their barbecue. Speaking of rubs and sauces, I um, the article that I wrote for StoryQ uh, this month, which will probably be in next month's magazine, was about rubs and the incredible amount of rubs on the market. How much do you guys carry at the store? How many rub, different rubs would you say? Oh, <laughs> that is a great question. We, we really, we try and bring everything in that we can that makes sense for us. We have hundreds of sauces, rubs, and marinades, hundreds. And, and that becomes, you know, we have the few that we focus on that are huge sellers for us. I mean, everybody's aware of, you know, Plowboys, Oak Ridge, uh, Rod Gray's Eat Barbecue. Mm -hmm. um, you've got those big ones, but we have a ton of small batch boutique companies that we try and carry. Um, we try and help others, you know, build their business, which is very, very difficult to launch a rub. It's incredibly expensive. Uh, it's time consuming, and there's very little money to be made in it. Some of these guys are only making you know, 40 to 60 cents a bottle by the time it gets to a retailer. So it it is something that continues to grow for us. We have guys who send us um, sauces and rubs every single week. We get two or three different packages in the mail with price lists and new stuff. And uh, my cabinet at home is stocked with stuff that we just can't afford to carry because um, mm -hmm. we we have we have a limited amount of room in the retail store. But um, there's some there's some really quality stuff out there that as these companies grow, it's 
it's going to be amazing to see. I, I, there's got to be a point where people stop releasing rubs. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how many we need before it uh, before it all becomes too much. Well, it's definitely oversaturated, especially from the buyer standpoint, because if you walk into a barbecue store now, such as your place, All Things Barbecue, and you look at this massive wall of rubs and you just go, which one do I get? Do I buy several? And for a while, my pantry looked like a barbecue store. <laughs> I mean, if it was available and it had a cool label, I bought it. And, oh, yeah. and after a while, my wife says, Are, you know, why don't you just settle on one? Why don't you figure out one that you like? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to develop a, a flavor, so to speak, uh, or a style of barbecue, especially if you want to do any kind of competitions, if you're constantly jumping all over the map. And I started to narrow things down, and I'll tell you what I really like at the moment, and I've ordered it a couple of times from you guys, from your online store, is Rod Gray's new rubs and, uh, and sauces. The, um, the Zero to Hero rub, it's a sweeter rub, but uh, it, it, it's really wonderful. And you guys have a great price on it. In fact, you're the only ones that sell that gigantic, uh, what is it, 18 or 26 ounce jar? Yeah, it's twenty nine ounces. Twenty nine. Yeah, it's kind of a that's kind of an odd size. You don't see many companies releasing. You usually see the the ten to fourteen and then five pound bags. But Rod went at it uh, with a little six ounce shaker and then twenty nine ounce and then five pound bags, which we really like. That's a it's a fantastic size. Yeah, and it's a it's a fantastic rub, and I really like his. Um, oh, what's it called? I think it's called IPA. His sauce that goes IPO. along IPO. Thank you. Uh, it's a very or unusually thin sauce, but. Um, I'm, I'm dying to try it on pork butt because I know thin sauces can really get down and get soaked into the meat a little bit more than what a thick sauce would do where, I, you know, I find thin sauces kind of get into the meat and enhance the flavor rather than cover up the flavor like a big, heavy, thick barbecue sauce might. But that's just absolutely the and the IPO is fantastic on on pork shoulder. I mean, it's a great it's a great glaze for ribs as well. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, we have I have a half gallon of each of his. Um, you know, he's got uh, uh, the next big thing, um, which is this kind of thicker KC style, slightly less sweet though. Really, it, it does quite well on brisket. Mm -hmm. um, and his IPO, you know, he's got a couple of sauces out there, and his two rubs. I mean, you know, he's got a small small set there. He doesn't have thirty of each. You know, he's right. got his couple flavors and. And they really, the other thing about his uh, about his products is they work incredibly well together. I mean, he's really worked out the flavor profile, so you can take the two of those and put it on the table, and pretty much everybody's going to be happy. So if, if you're listening to this and you want to know where can I get this, of course you could go to Rod's site, but I suggest you go right over to atbbq.com and go to their store, and you can order anything from the small shaker size to the big five-pound bag, and start out with something small if you want. Order the sauce, see how you like it. I think you'll, I really like it. I, it's strange that I say that. Um, I don't know Rod at all, and I'm not part of the company. I'm not an affiliate. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just really like it. It's good. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really, it really is. Um, let's see, moving on from barbecue rubs and sauces and, and smokers. Do you guys have a competition team? You know, I compete from time to time. It, it gets a little busy these days. We have a seven-month-at-home now, so that <laughs> that really becomes difficult to yeah. uh, take the time to compete uh, when you've got a baby at home. But uh, we do. I, I compete as all things barbecue and or Yoder smokers. 
and then also compete uh, with our staff chef at ATBBQ. We go out there and compete on our own as the Q-Tang clan from time to time, um, but we'll compete one time this year um, at the uh, Derby competition in Derby, Kansas, which is a, a small KCBS comp. This is going to be its third year, um, but I have great luck there. I always get at least one call, um, and it was my first ever competition a couple of years back, and uh, did a second in pork at my first ever competition, which felt pretty nice. So um, it's the one that we try and make it out to, but if we can't compete, we're always at the Royal every year with the booth with Yoder. Uh, we try and get out to the Jack um, as, as often as we can each year, and we missed last year. We may try and make it this year. I mean, we, we try and get around to competition, shake hands, and, and talk to the comp guys, because usually if there's something up and coming in, in an accessory, a smoker, a sauce, a rub, a flavor profile, those guys are the first to know. So we, we kind of tap them for a little information for ourselves as well. I know barbecue classes are big at your place, and I know people that are, are listening to this now would, that you know who want to up their game, whether it's for the backyard or it's for the competition circuit. If someone wanted to take one of your classes, and we just spoke earlier about one of the classes you have coming up in September, tell us more about that and how somebody could sign up. Yeah, we have classes every single month in our teaching kitchen. So I have a full-time chef who develops recipes every single day. And we take those recipes and we build out classes around them. Um, our typical monthly classes, Andy Groneman of Smoke on Wheels, competition barbecue, two-time pork world champion, two-time brisket world champion, comes down and does those classes. We offer classes Friday night and then a Saturday morning and a Saturday afternoon. Friday night's always going to be a, a grilling and smoking kind of basics class where we're doing either a master the grill or dinner on the grill where we're cooking in multiple styles on different kinds of cookers to show people you know, all of the different things they're doing inside, let's move it out to the grill and, and let's get some more flavor on the food. Uh, we do some wine pairings and beer pairings with those classes as well from time to time. And then Saturday is kind of what we would consider a big meat day for us. So we do our brisket classes, our rib classes, our pork classes, and all of those are taught in a way that you can take that information to your backyard and, and make your food at home substantially better, but also all of the secrets, all of the tips that uh, we're going we're gonna to show you are perfect for competition barbecue and so Andy's giving away the secrets that made that has made him one of the most successful uh, pit masters on the competition circuit in those classes and so those classes start at $45 um, and can go up to as high as 65 which you know for uh, for barbecue classes that, that is incredibly incredibly affordable it is um, and then we've started um, now we're inviting pit masters from around the world to come and cook at our kitchen and uh, and do sort of these special events and Brian Misco is coming down um, and I believe I said earlier, you know, the current reigning world rib champion, he's a fantastic cook, has a new cookbook out called Grilling with House of Q, which is already a bestseller. Um, he's a brilliant chef, a great cook. And we're doing things like planked chutney and brie. I mean, so we're doing some things that are far out of the normal barbecue realm, but we're doing all of these things on the grill that people wouldn't normally think of. And to uh, for more information for the, on those classes, to sign up and kind of check them out, um, you can simply go to atbbq.com and click on the cooking classes link at the top or go to classes.atbbq.com. Either way, um, you'll find your way. We've got classes out through November. Uh, we'll show you how to cook a proper bird for the holiday. You won't have the Clark Griswold dried out bird. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those classes are fantastic and, and they fill up quick. So for anybody who would be interested, we also have information on hotels that are really, really close to us. We have guys drive in as far as Georgia um, to come to classes pretty regularly. So, Well, you guys being in Kansas, that's right next door to Colorado, so I can just make it over there in about 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes in about yeah, eight hours. Uh, 
we could just pull all of that minutes. blank space in between and yeah. pull the mountains to us. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that's the problem with this country. It's just too big. <laughs> just cut out all the stuff in between, and let's let's kind of push it all to the middle. Exactly. Hey, I want to thank you for your time. You guys have a, a great business going. I think it's uh, it's one of the better businesses combining Yoder Smokers and all things barbecue and, and the ability to go to a site such as yours, atbbq.com, and really find everything that you could possibly need or want to make great barbecue, except for the meat to make great barbecue in your backyard and then to be able to, through your classes, uh, to learn how to do it or, or to learn how to do it better. I think it's uh, just a great asset to the barbecue world. Thank you. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much for taking out the time, Josh. Have a good one. Well, that's our podcast for today. Again, if you're interested in Yoder Smokers, you can go to yodersmokers.com or for barbecue supplies. And if you want to enroll in one of Josh's classes, you can do that at atbbq.com. That's atbbq.com. You really got to check out the store if you haven't already during the podcast. It's really amazing. It's a great online resource for barbecue supplies and barbecue knowledge. Hey, coming up in two weeks, we're going to be talking with Noah Glanville. Noah and I have been trying to do this podcast for such a long time, but he's such a busy guy because he is the inventor, the designer, and the owner of the wildly popular Pit Barrel Cooker Company. If you've not seen or heard about Pit Barrel Cookers, you're going to want to make sure you're around for this podcast. Noah has an amazing story on how he turned his dream into literally one of the fastest growing companies in the world of barbecue. So don't miss our podcast with Noah Glanville of the Pit Barrel Cooker that's coming up on Friday, August 21st. Now, if you have a barbecue product or service that you'd like to promote on the StoryQ podcast, get in touch with Laverne Gingrich. He is the head guy at StoryQ magazine, the publisher, the brains behind everything, the brawn behind everything, the spirit behind everything. You can reach Laverne at Laverne at StoryQ.com. That's L-A-V-E-R-N at StoryQ.com. And if you'd like to be one of our featured guests on the StoryQ podcast, well, just email me. You can do that at frank at bbqchefs.us. That's frank at bbqchefs.us. Hey, until next time, I'm Frank Erickson. Stay blessed, stay busy, stay humble, and stay safe. And I'll talk to you August 21st with Noah Glanville of the Pit Barrel Cooker Company. <laughs>